We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm joined with Jason Patton. Jason, the Bulls are out of the All-Star break after, you know, a week off, and they are already having a terrible time in the symbolic second half of the season. The Bulls have played one game so far out of the All-Star break, and they got pounded by the Boston Celtics, 129-112. On Thursday night, a game that really didn't even feel that close. Uh, the bad news kept coming for the Bulls after that. Tory Craig going to be sidelined for a while with an injury. Patrick Williams ruled out for the rest of the year with a stress fracture in his foot, as you and I predicted on this podcast, Jason, when the initial injury was reported. Uh, and the Bulls are also waving the white flag on the buyout market, instead choosing to sign... Help me with this, Jason. Onolap Bitim? Onolap Bitim, I believe is how you say it. Something like that. He's Uh, been a two-way guy. He's been a Bulls two-way guy from Turkey. Uh, He's shooting the ball pretty well this year. Not, like, amazing. I think he's maybe, like, 36% from three. Decent positional size. Uh, doesn't look awesome, but looks maybe somewhat interesting to this stage in his career. And he is now coming onto the Bulls' full-time roster on a multi-year deal. So by doing that, the Bulls have filled all 15 slots in their roster, and they are now not going to sign a buyout guy. They are not going to use the injury exception for Lonzo Ball, though I believe that goes a year, so I guess they still do maybe have time to use it. Uh, But, you know, they're not using it this season. Yeah. Uh, what is a very thin team in the wake of the season-ending injury to Patrick Williams and also Torrey Craig. So, Jason, it's tough when you go into the season with two forwards and both of them get hurt. What are you <laughs> supposed to do? The Bulls are a team right now that is basically playing four guards at all times around either Andre Drummond or Nikola Vucevic. And 
Uh, it's rough stuff on the court, Jason. I have a lot of thoughts about how this week's news continues to prove how disastrous their trade deadline performance was. And I'm just going to be mad about this trade deadline <laughs> for a year until they don't do anything in next year's trade deadline. And then I'm going to be mad about that instead. Uh, but Jace, rough week for the Bulls. Yes. Uh, where are you at with the team right now? Yeah. So like all-star break was nice to kind of just like unplug. And I honestly didn't follow that like all-star stuff that much either. Cause I just like, don't care. And I know there was a lot of, and the Bulls were not involved, of course, like just no presence. And, uh, I know there was a lot of hubbub about the all-star game, which I did not watch a single minute of. I don't care. Whatever. It's the all-star game. Uh, who cares? So then, yeah. And then the Bulls obviously don't come back till Thursday. I believe it was before the Celtics game. We got the news that Torrey Craig was, what is it? Two to four weeks, right? With his injury, a sprained knee, hurt it over the break. Um, so him being out again, he missed a lot of time already recently came back and now he's out again. At this point, would we expect, is Torrey Craig going to play again this season? The way the season has gone for the Bulls, probably not. He'll just be out for the rest of the year. But, I mean, even even if he's not, like, there's not that much time left in the season. So, he'll miss a good chunk of the rest of the year at this point. And then, yeah, the big news, Patrick Williams out for the rest of the season. As you mentioned, it was all pointing that way. When that injury first happened, they announced the bone edema or whatever. And you were talking about it. You had lo- looked it up a bit and read about it. And it was like, this is a really serious injury. Like, there's almost no way he's going to play again this season. They were very vague about it as they team the Bulls and them are, and I feel like sports teams in general are vague about this kind of shit. Sure enough, here we go. Surgery done for the year. Uh, brutal timing for the Bulls, brutal timing for him. And we'll talk more about his situation, his upcoming contract situation as well. Um, but I mean, just rough with the way, the way the roster is set. So yeah, and uh, they come out of the break. They play Boston. I mean, no one expected them to win that game. They got kind of they got blown out from the start. And then they they made one of their runs. They led at halftime. They were competitive for one half, and then the Celtics were like, "Enough of this!" And they blew the blew the doors off the, the Bulls in the third quarter. Cruised in basically a garbage time fourth quarter, seventeen point loss. Um, well, guy Will Gottlieb did a good column over at CHGO, like saying like for all of AK's competitive bluster and all that kind of stuff, like. That what happened? We just saw against the Celtics is basically like the Bulls' best case like ceiling for this team this season. Which again, with the trade deadline stuff, like makes it even more just ridiculous. They didn't do nothing right now. The Bulls are five games out of the eight seed. They're the nine. Uh, they're I think they're like two games up on the Hawks, and like nothing much has changed over the last few weeks. The Bulls have been the nine seed. They're pretty much almost locked in there because again, they're five games behind the Magic, the Heat. The Pacers, I think they're like five and a half back. They're not, they're probably not moving up at this point with 26 games left or whatever is left. And the Hawks keep sucking too. The Hawks lost at home to a bad Raptors team last night. Like the Hawks aren't going anywhere either. So again, the Bulls are probably in the nine seed hosting most likely the Hawks in the nine ten game. So you have to win that game. Then you play whoever wins, whoever loses the seven eight game for the right to play the Boston Celtics in the first round. You're going to get blown out most likely. I mean, the Bulls, again, competitive for a half, but in a playoff series, if you're playing Boston, they're going to fucking beat their ass. Like, the Bulls would be very lucky to win one game. And that's, what, again, that's basically what the ceiling, unless there's something crazy happens, that's what the ceiling is of this team is right now, especially with these injuries, with Pat out now for sure, Torrey Craig out for a while, minutes just being added to DeMar, to Kobe, Io's playing huge minutes, Alex Crusoe's playing huge minutes, Vooch is playing huge minutes. The, the main guys are all playing huge minutes. They have very little depth right now. Uh, so, I mean, we just know where this is going. If they even get into the, if they they have to get through the play-in first, but even if they do win two games, 
you got the Boston Celtics waiting there to just beat the shit out of them. So like, there's just like nothing really to be excited about at this point. Where there's so worth watching Kobe White's development, most improved players. We talked about last pot. I'm going to be pushing that still. IO has been playing better and he was, he was all right against the Celtics. Um, but now like with some of these other, let's get some other guys, so, these other youngsters, Julian Phillips, um, had some has shown some things. Dalen has looked a little better. Play those guys more. Stop playing Demar forty plus minutes a game. Stop playing Kobe forty plus minutes a game. Stop playing. I mean, I think Io's been playing close to forty minutes a game. Caruso has been playing like thirty to thirty five. Let the, play the young guys a little bit more. Uh, b- with the team now as well. Like if you, I don't know why they haven't played. They haven't tried him out a little more uh, to begin with on a two way deal. I know he's been getting a lot of time in the G League, which is also fine. But like. With the injuries they've had, like, why haven't we seen a little bit more of him? And he did get on the court a little bit against the Celtics at the very end in garbage time. And I believe he got emphatically rejected at the basket. Uh, so tough little uh, intro for him. But uh, at this point, the bottom line is the Bulls aren't going anywhere. Play your young guys. Young, the the development of the young guys is the most important thing. So um, obviously you want to see Kobe doing well. Io, Julian Phillips, Dale and Terry, uh, and the team now as well and whoever whatever um so yeah that's kind of what that's kind of what it is like at this point it's just like it's kind of just whatever with this team uh this the trade deadline stuff which if you want to rant about that some more like yeah i mean just stupid Uh, i believe since our last podcast uh there was some more reporting about the andre drummond stuff the bulls wanted three second round picks from the six the sixers thought they had a deal i think for two second rounders the bulls all of a sudden were oh no we want three and then they pulled out of the talks um, we talked about the Warriors Crusoe stuff like the Bulls could have made some decent trades there and probably still stayed as the nine seed if they traded AC and Drummond. Um, they didn't. They're still kind of just move all head forward here with this team, uh, but they're not even making any moves on the buyout mark, which is kind of like whatever. Who are they adding at this point? That's even worth it. Like give it if they give the team a shot here, that's fine. Maybe he ends up being better than expected. But at this point, it's just kind of like it's just a big whatever, man. And the, the trade deadline. And just with where the team is at with these injuries, it's just it's just kind of a bummer. I mean, just kind of again, it's kind of hoping on these young guys if we we can see some development. All right, where do I want to start here? So you mentioned this. I was going to hammer this. What's so frustrating about their inactivity at the trade deadline is they could have sold pieces and still stayed in the exact (laughs) same spot. They're pretty much locked in to number nine right now. The Bulls are going to host the Hawks in the nine ten play. Almost certainly. Yeah. basically the way it works because the nets suck yeah. they're in 11th they just fired their coach and then everyone else in the east isn't trying so that's another one of my points that really grinds my gears jason karnashovis keeps patting himself on the back for building a quote-unquote competitive team well jason if you factor out the teams that aren't trying to compete of which there's like a good number of teams that are rebuilding the Bulls are one of the worst teams in the league that are trying to compete. So I don't know how Karnaschovas views that as satisfactory. I marked down 23 teams as trying to compete this year. They have the 19th best record out of that group. So, like, congratulations, Karnaschovas. You yeah. maybe the 19th best team in the league. He seems so pleased by this. And really, Utah traded Kelly Olynyk for future assets. Like, they took a little step back to gain flexibility in the future. I'm grouping them in these 23 teams. Uh, so really, are they trying to compete? Because like they were smart while the Bulls are idiots and run headfirst into a brick wall of this play-in tournament and of, best-case scenario, a potential matchup with the Celtics. So 
Uh, I thought that's really pathetic. And, you know, the other thing that kills me, Jason, is I feel like the Bulls are going to, you know, even in the best case scenario where they make it out of the play-in tournament and get crushed by the Celtics, Karnaschovas is going to view that as a success and he's going to learn the wrong lesson from it. What he's going to learn next year is that, okay, we got to be in the 7-8, the top half of the play-in <laughs> bracket, so that we have a chance to face the number seven seed. That's what he's going to think if they get crushed by the Celtics because the guy is a huge moron, Jason. <laughs> and this week has only further cemented the fact that this man's a huge dummy. <laughs> and should be fired after this season, whether they make the playoffs or not. If they don't make the playoffs, you should definitely be fired. But I'm just going to say, Jace, it's not going to happen. So because of that, it's tough to like root against the team uh, going forward. So um, it just feels really hopeless and pointless. Jace, you were sort of rattling off the Bulls, quote-unquote, young core right there. Even if we include Kobe, who's had this, like, basically miraculous breakthrough this year. Jace, quick, just off the top of your head, what number best player is Kobe White in the NBA right now? I mean, I would probably... you got to put him top 100. Um, I I was going to say just ballpark. I think the ringer had him 77. Yeah, I was going to say... Put him top 60, maybe top 70. I was gonna say 50 to 60. I, I'm always okay. bad. I'm I'm always so bad at rank like these kind of ranking sure. things, but like but it, for a few months, just, he was playing borderline all-star basketball, not quite all-star, but like borderline all-star. So I mean all-stars are 24, uh, but he's not quite there. It was defensively still not like great either. So like I think like pushing top 50 at like okay. I ask top, this yeah. because He's clearly the best guy in your young core. And I love Kobe, and he's definitely someone you want to build with in the future. Uh, But he's, like, clearly the best guy in the young core, and he's still, like, maybe the 70th best player in the league. Still ascending, though. But then, like, everyone else in this young core, it's like Patrick Williams. He's totally stagnated. Uh, And now this injury is just, like, sort of devastating for his development and for his contract situation, we'll talk more about that in a sec. But uh, yeah, so, you know, you got Pat, you got Io, who looks a little better, but still, like, is Io going to be a starting caliber guard? He's the third best guy. Io's a nice guy to have around. He's, he's been a, a nice lot better. He's he can he's a good spot starter if you have injuries. But, like, do you want Io starting? Like, the rest of your team, like, Io could maybe be, like, a fifth best starter on, like, a really good team if the rest of your team is, like, awesome. But, like, you can't have Io, like, you can't be relying on Io to give you 40 minutes a game and, like, be giving like big scoring. That's just like, not him. Right. Like he's been better. Uh, he's been, I, he's been on a heater the last month, but like he's going to cool off at some point. He's just, he's just not that guy. Like, and I don't ever put like a, a cap on him, but like, I don't assume he's going to be like, he's going to have the Kobe leap in him. I mean, maybe he will, but I mean, he's a little on the older side already. Jason, the point but, is yeah. that the rest of this young core. Yeah. Is Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, Batim. The Bulls have probably the worst young core in the NBA. Maybe the Clippers are worse, but the Clippers at least have an ability to like unearth random guys in their G League and stuff. Yeah. The Bulls even piss those guys away <laughs> with uh, Freeman Liberty going to the Raptors. So the Bulls, it's like they have the worst young core in the league, basically, even with Kobe's development. It's still a pathetic young core to continue building around. Vooch is just like, 
completely disintegrating. He totally sucks. He can't make a shot to save his life. He's owed $40 million over the next two seasons beyond this one. They're about to get themselves in the same situation with DeRozan, where they're going to overpay to keep him because Arturis views the play-in tournament as like, that means I'm fucking killing it at my job. Even though you're not, you're a huge idiot. Anyone who's trying to make the play-in tournament basically makes it automatically because there's enough tanking teams. Yeah. Uh, so I just feel like AK is... He's just not good at this, and I have no faith in him to get the Bulls out of it. I did drop a new mock draft this week at SB Nation, Jason. The Bulls picking number 12 overall, had him taking G League Ignite forward Tyler Smith. Point is, Jace, wow, do the Bulls need to hit this draft pick uh, if they don't make the playoffs, if they do make the playoffs, whatever. This pick is going to land in like the 12 to 14 range. Uh, They really need to hit it because they have – very little young talent currently on the roster. Also, it's a bad draft class, so uh, their chances of hitting it are probably even lower than normal. Uh, Jace, I did want to talk about Pat real quick. Yes. So Pat's stress fracture in his foot, out for the year. Uh, Alex Caruso gave a very heartwarming quote he about Patrick today. Uh, I thought I had it pulled up, and I don't. I'm sorry, but it was at training camp, or at practice, I'm sorry, and uh, Caruso said, Casey had it. I know. I'm Pat. Yeah. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever been around as a teammate. He wants everybody else to be okay and be right. And he's the one who can't get it right right now. We're feeling for him and we're there for him. That's such a sweet thing to say about Patrick Williams, who seems like an all around cool guy, nice guy, but he's hurt now. He's going into restricted free agency. This is devastating for Pat because. You know, he played well enough in December before this injury really started to flare up in January. Now his season's over. Like his per game stats are identical from basically his rookie year. Yeah, it's crazy. Every season of his career, he's totally incapable of scoring more than 10 points a game. We were saying on this podcast in the beginning of the season, the only stat I cared about for Pat was points per game. Give me 14. I'm not (laughs) here, Pat. And he just cannot possibly surpass 10 points a game uh so what happens with pat in restricted free agency i have my own thoughts but i feel like i've been talking for forever <laughs> jason uh you know how do you I, think- I was gonna say for yeah first of all i think pat was at 14 points a game in that december when he was playing really well um and he was shot he was shooting really well he had some he really 50 percent from three yeah, he was shooting great he had some uh, that game, they beat the uh, Sixers on the road. And that was with Embiid. He had a couple big threes in the fourth quarter. Um, just playing much better. I mean, he was at 14 points a game. Like, that's the pet we want to see. I don't know if 50% from three really helps that. Um, but, yeah. But it just hasn't been there. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, what now? He goes into now. He's kind of just been like the same. He's definitely gotten better. I want to say he's the same guy as he was um, as a rookie. The shooting has gotten better. He has improved as, as an overall defender, but like the rest of his game just hasn't developed much. The off the dribble stuff, rebounding, no. So like he can't score. Yeah, and he and he's just yeah, just not a consistent score. He can spot up from three occasionally. He does stuff on the offensive glass and will show the flash some flashes of off the dribble scoring juice. But I mean, there's no playmaking juice really. Again, occasionally you'll see like a nice pass that he'll make to like the corner or something like that, or maybe like an, an occasional pick and roll action. But like, it's just not nothing there that you can rely on right now. So yeah. So what what does it mean for his future? He's obviously still very young. He's now got this injury, and we did get a little update on his the injury situation with him from Casey today as well from practice. Uh, 
said he was wrapping up to play by the end of the month, but then the testing showed the fracture. Surgery is scheduled for March 6th, hoping to be back doing on-court work in July. So, like, you're hoping that he's going to be back and be ready for the rest for next season, but I mean, you freaking never know what this stuff at this point. Um, they asked him about his free agency, and he said, oh, he'd like to return to the Bulls. Who knows? But what like what will his market look like? What it like just contract number because the way he was playing in December, trending up. The Bulls are playing better as a team. Pat was trending up a bit. Like, and if he would have played like that the rest of the year, we're looking at a guy probably what four years. I think they could have done five up to five years as well. Looking at maybe what 16 to 20 million a season, maybe, maybe like upwards of 20 million per season. But now with the st- with the injuries happening here, the surgery. Like I would still, I think, be okay. Like offering maybe like four sixty, uh, but like, will he take that? I know. I think Michael Scotto reported like yesterday after the news that the Bulls and Pat never really got close on contract talks, which is not surprising. Like he hasn't shown that much. The Bulls probably are lowballing. He thinks he can probably get a lot more. Um, so I wonder if they're just gonna tell him like, hey man. Uh, Go like whatever they'll lowball him again. I'd be okay with like I think four sixty. I think maybe that's high. You can tell me what you think about that, but I would guess they like give him a lowball offer that he's not going to take, and they tell him, "All right, man, go get, go find an re- offer in restricted free agency." Will anybody give him that offer? We've I know we've talked in our chat about like the Pistons, Troy Weaver. They're kind of a mess. Weaver supposedly loved Pat coming into the league. Uh, I mean, who knows what the hell they're doing over there in Detroit, but could they do offer something big? A team, another bad team like the Hornets. It's teams with cap space. I'd have to look to see who else has cap space. But some of these awful teams that will have money to play with. Will they drop a big offer sheet on Patrick Williams that, I mean, will the Bulls match? Will they be able to work out maybe even like a sign and trade? Uh, they match anything. I'm very curious because I just don't know. It's such a so up in the air with with his development stagnating, with his stagnating with these the injury now heading into free agency. Like it's obviously just brutal timing. Um, or would he sign the qualifying offer, which is, I think is like about 12 or 13 million one year back with the Bulls, and then try to uh, up another prove it season uh, to try to hit and then hit unrestricted free agency uh, the season after that. So. I don't know. Like I would, I, I don't want to lose the guy for nothing. That's for sure. Like it's, it's just bad business to lose young assets like that for absolutely nothing. So like, I don't want to just like see him walk. Like again, if a team comes in and does throw like a huge offer sheet down the table, I mean, maybe you do just have to let him walk, but, um, is that, if I wonder if you, if you match something huge and he just like never gets better, any better injuries keep being a thing like that, just another bad contract for you. So like, it's a rough situation, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you think? Would you, what right now? What would you be comfortable still giving Pat, given the circumstances? I'll get there. First, okay. my initial thought when I saw he was reeled out for the year is, what are the chances this guy's even ready for training camp next year? Because this is a very tough injury to come back from. In the you know the bone edema part is still sort of weird too. Like I I'm not going to speculate on all of it, but it seems like there's potentially just some moving parts with the injury. So I hope he's healthy for training camp next year. And because this is the Bulls medical staff, I'm going to immediately doubt that Pat will be 100% ready to go by the start of training camp next year. And that sucks. Uh, Secondarily, I just feel horrible for him. Uh, He's a nice guy. What a terrible break this is for him. Um, Pat, obviously, you know, he's such a polarizing figure within the fan base because he represented the Bulls sort of lone beacon of hope to have a good young player that they could build around when they had all of these other uh, fading veterans. And he's just not good enough for a number four overall pick. As a number four overall pick, he uh, is a disappointment, unquestionably. But I still think Patrick Williams is a really helpful player for winning basketball games. And he may never be a star, but I do think it's possible he could be one of these guys who's a star in his role and who can contribute to winning basketball in meaningful ways. Those ways are, you know, at what is he, 22 years old right now? He's a very good defensive forward. So just really good defensive forward who can be used in a couple different ways. The Bulls have used him as sort of a wing stopper in a wing stopper role to defend the likes of Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, those types of guys. And then we've also seen him in kind of like a weak side roaming role as the low man where he's pretty good at providing supplemental rim protection. Uh, So I think his defense overall is already very good. He has a good build defensively to have a lot of versatility. And then offensively, he can hit a wide open three-pointer at above a 40% clip. He's not going to take a lot of three-pointers because his shot is very slow. But just the fact that he's a very good defensive forward who could hit a wide open three, I want to keep that guy around. Uh, He has shown less to this point in his career than Kobe did coming into last year's free agency. Kobe settled for what appears to be a three-year, $33 million deal. There are incentives in there. It was reported that he's unlikely to reach those, to which I'm like, the dude is leading the league in minutes and having a totally breakout season. Like, what were these incentives? They, sh- I wish Kobe was getting them because he deserves it. Yeah. He deserves, you know, he's way underpaid right now. So uh, I do wonder, like, what if they just offered Pat the same contract? Three years, $40 million, take it or leave it. And if not, I'll see you on the qualifying offer because that could get real dangerous for the Bulls. At that point, you know, there might be some resentment towards the organization for failing to come to a contract agreement in two separate windows. And then he's an unrestricted free agent the next year. 
So, you know, and at 23 years old, you would think he would probably have a pretty big market uh, as a UFA. So uh, I want to see them reach an agreement with Pat. I don't know what that would be or how, you know, it sucks for Pat because I want Pat to get paid. Absolutely. From the team's perspective, they are working up against self-imposed financial restrictions because they will not go into the luxury tax. So uh, because of that, it's like, you know, if you offer Pat three for 40, would he take that? I doubt uh, it. Would he take right? three for 50? So you think he'd rather play on the qualifying offer? $40 million is a lot of money. There's no guarantee he's getting more than $40 million next year, especially coming off yeah. his foot injury. Like that that's kind of, you know, it would, if I were in his position, it would be tough to leave that on the table, I think. Uh, but what do I know? You know what I mean? You never, and so, you, you, sometimes you never know with these guys. Like I just assume, like, you know, like, that he thinks that he can probably just show a lot more and that whatever one big season, if he comes back healthy, could d- double that contract. But you take that risk yeah. if whatever the injuries keep happening. And the uh, thing is, even at the end of that deal, he'll enter unrestricted free agency again and still be pretty young. That's the thing yeah. about Kobe. Like Kobe's underpaid on this deal. Yeah. Okay, he's got one more year on it, then he has the option to extend or, you know, the bulls have the option to extend within a certain cap. Maybe, maybe if it's like three, maybe three forty with like a player option on that third year. So we can get into free agency again sooner. Like maybe that's like a compromise you make. Um, So then whatever he gets plays two years at 13 million a year, and then you can hit free agency again. Uh, And the cap is supposed to rise. I think a bit in the next couple of years, then maybe he can take advantage of that. Maybe there's something there with that. Um, yeah, it's just a tough situation. It's hard. It's hard to peg, and it's just like, uh, and you, and sometimes again with restricted free agency, it can just be so weird. Sometimes, it's, sometimes we see guys hit restricted free agency, we think they're gonna like get some nice deal, and then just like they sit there forever. Like, I mean, I think that's what happened with Lowry, right? Like Lowry just kind of sat in restricted free agency for a while, and they finally work out the trade, and he got what like four seventy or like four sixty eight something like that. Um, and now obviously he's an all star level player. Um, so yeah, it just. It's just weird. It's a bummer. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Bulls navigate it. Because, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a, one of the big storylines in the offseason. Okay, yeah. It. I just, it sucks that I think the Bulls could, like, this could be beneficial for the Bulls, Pat getting hurt, because he could sign a cheaper contract. And I hate that, because I want to see <laughs> Patrick get all his money. Yeah. And screw the Bulls. Screw Reinsdorf. <laughs> Anyways, Jace. Uh, Bettine. Do you think the Bulls should have tried to sign Daniel House or Furkan Korkmaz, who's never missed a three-pointer inside the United Center? <laughs> or, uh, you know, any guy who... Joe Harris. Like, Mark Butterworth's client. And can compete. Uh, because the Bulls are super thin. They have no forwards right now. They also signed Ryan Archie Diacono to a G League contract. Uh, and I'm like... Are they going to start running five guards at some point? Like why, <laughs> why do they sign another guard? You need forwards, and they're still signing guards. Billy is addicted to guards, uh, and maybe AK is too. So I don't know, Jace. Uh, but team, I would have lo- like. I'm excited to watch him. I've found something him different. Sort of the, one of the more interesting two way guys. Yeah, we sound like my mom now. Something and, different. Yeah, you know? I mean, it did, but at least it's something yeah, I mean, I can't different. say I like know a lot. I haven't been like following the team closely in the G League yeah. uh, and like know much about him. Like, I know and he can shoot it decently. He's got some hops. Um, I know like they, they were hyping up like his 43% three point shooting in the G League. I believe 
he shot that in like the regular games, and then there's like the G League showcase games where right. he was not as good to kind of drag his percentage on. He was like a he was like 36, 37 percent overseas. So like interesting player who can maybe add a little shooting, maybe add a little playmaking. I don't know. Again, does that translate to the NBA? You never know. Let's see it again. The rest of the season doesn't fucking matter. Let's see him play more. Let's see Dale and Terry play more. Let's see Julian Phillips play more. Let's see what these what these young guys are made of because it doesn't matter. You're going to be the nine seed. You're going to play be in the play in tournament. And if you win, you're going to get smoked by the Celtics. Let's get let's get these young guys some minutes. Um, in terms of like, should they have signed somebody else? Like off the like, I don't. Again, the rest of the season doesn't matter. It's so like I don't really care. Theoretically, but they, AK thinks it matters because he didn't sell at the true. Trade-up. Very true. Like based on what he says, like he thinks the team is good. Uh, and that they should, and based on that, then they should have added, and they could have kept it, the team on this two way. They could have played him on a two. I mean, they haven't really played him much, so it's not like he's had like he would hit like his his uh, limit of time playing with the big team. Like with the team with injuries now, like you could still play him, um, and you could assign someone else still. But again, there's I don't know about their tax situation, how close exactly they are. We talked about those Kobe incentives. Like this is a nice cheap way to just. You got a guy in the building already, and now they're the deals. He's it's a multi year deal, so we'll see like what kind of his contract next year looks like. It'll be obviously like a minimum deal, probably with some non not guaranteed. Uh, so a cheap guy to keep around for next year on the roster, like whatever. Like maybe, yeah. maybe he turns into a, a diamond in the rough. Uh, again, let's let's see it play him, Please. give him a give him a role. Let's get some let's get we, some minutes here for we, him. Who's our last diamond in the rough type find? You have a guy off top of your head. I guess Io second round pick. Yeah, I think top forty pick. Yeah, Io kind of counts. I mean, he was obviously like a big time college player, so it's not like he was just like a nobody. But uh, I'm thinking second round picks, undrafted free yeah. agents. The Bulls do not discover those guys very often as an organization, and it yeah. really holds them back. Especially when you look at some of the ways, you know, like Trey Mann couldn't even get minutes on the Thunder, and now he's like killing it for the Hornets. <laughs> yeah. There's a million examples of this, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, Peter Patton's going to start to unlock some stuff because it does seem like he has made actual strides with improving Io's three-point yep. shot. Yeah, uh, that would make Io a much, much more effective player if he had a consistent three-point shot. So, uh, Jace, the season's over. Who cares? <laughs> I we have one more thing that we have to address um, that I totally forgot about until just <laughs> now, and that is the Darnell Mayberry column um, from what was that la- earlier this week. Uh, at the athletic uh have the quotes pulled up right now an absolute i mean great job by darnell his mailbag his mailbag starts with a conversation a brief quote from um a high-ranking bulls executive he not no names named uh i am just assuming that it's ak and that this was like off the record uh because they didn't want his name put to it but this is just my assumption could be wrong but he just talked he's darnell is like i had a casual conversation with a high-ranking bulls executive after the trade deadline darnell talked about you know like why didn't you guys make trades and how like the fan base uh was kind of upset with them standing pet and his response um was let me i'm pulling it up he said your fans were upset and then Darnell writes, initially, I didn't get it. 
I don't have fans. People read me at The Athletic and follow me on social media, mostly because they're Bulls fans. I thought the exec was trying to be snarky. It felt like an attempt to downplay our subscribers and passionate followers of the team on social media. But the comment wasn't made to downplay anyone. It was delivered to emphasize the difference. The Bulls fans the executive was was referencing are paying customers. My quote-unquote fans, by and large, aren't the segment that fills the United Center on cold Chicago winter nights. That exchange, albeit brief, provided tremendous insight into the minds that make up the Bulls management. With that as a backdrop, here's a spicy dish in the mailbag and great mailbag answers from his, him as well. Um, obviously, this just kind of reflects everything that we've talked about, how this this front office runs, how this ownership runs. We've talked about whether, whatever, ownership constraints, we know that they're there. Uh, but AK said at the trade deadline that that's the, like pivoting to a rebuild was, is on him, that ownership has given him that great line. Like this kind of answer here about whatever, oh, like, whatever your fans like and that they're different than the fans that are going to the United center. And we've also talked about how like, we don't want to like fan police and like whatever fans can go to games, like going to a bulls game is a fun time. It's like a fun family event. I know it's going to be pretty expensive, but like, I don't want to tell fans to, like boycott the team. I know f- some people want to do that and that whatever, the only way things will change is if you don't go to games. Like I don't want to tell fans to like boycott the team. Like if you want to go and like have a good time at a bulls game, like it's a nice, it's a nice night out, but like, I mean, that kind of thing is like just kind of shows that like this, that's what they think. Like, oh, you know, like if as long as we're like competitive and the fans are filling up the United Center, we're good. Like, we're fine. We're fine playing, fighting for the play in tournament. As long as the United Center is filling their 20 plus thousand seats, like, that's all good. These fans are here. They're cheering. They're excited. And that's all good. I mean, just a completely just smug, condescending, absolute bullshit. Again, I'm assuming this is from AK. Maybe it's from somebody else. I don't know. But I mean, it was just like so just uh, just really just makes you angry after what they did at the trade deadline. And then you see that kind of thing written out from Darnell. Uh, and I'm glad he kind of took a, a torch to the uh, to the team in this mail back throughout. Please go read it at theathletic.com from earlier this week. Just like just brutal stuff. Ricky, what what crossed your mind when you read that uh, that column from from Darnell? I thought it was a great column by Darnell. He's really been torching AK's ass uh, <laughs> for a while. The last year plus. Yeah. So hell yeah, Darnell. Darnell, he's around the team every day. He knows that this team is still run by morons. We followed, <laughs> we fired our last batch of morons and we hired <laughs> freshly acquired brand new morons who, you know, the the cl- the service clock on a Ryansdorf executive is only just beginning. Unfortunately, for anyone else who actually cared about their team, he would obviously be fired. But uh, <laughs> I love that Darnell is saying it. Like we got to say it. I'm trying to say that our tourists should be fired at every opportunity I can because I do think that the fan response at the end of the Garpax era was part of the reason why Paxson decided to step down. Everyone kept saying, hey, John Paxson, you fucking suck, bro, <laughs> on social media. The All-Star Web- Weekend stuff. All-Star Weekend stuff, the billboards. You know what? So it's important to say our tourists should be fired. If they keep him beyond this year, we really need to start banging the drum that like, all right, like just move on. He's a huge loser and he's totally <laughs> delusional. So, yeah, I mean, good job on Darnell for uh, calling him out on it. And I agree with everything he said. And the year fans thing is really illuminating. Jace, I've only been to one Bulls game this year. Uh, my buddy Same. has season tickets and I went to the first uh, in-season tournament game against the Nats when they played on the red court for the first time. 
And uh, they lost that game at the end of the game. I think like Levine blew it in crunch time. Yeah, he missed a shot at the end, I I believe. He missed a shot at the end. And uh, like, am I going to go again this year? If you look at, I just pulled up the ticket prices on StubHub. And like most of these tickets are still 40, 50 bucks. They're playing the Mavericks, the Clippers coming up. Like there's some decent games worth seeing. uh, And none of these tickets are particularly cheap yet. So I don't know, like, could attendance dwindle here at the end of the season? Like, they're, quote-unquote, in the mix, but there's no excitement around the team right now. I wonder if the attendance will start to dip. I also assume they're going to start losing more, especially with Craig and Pat both out. So we'll see, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm personally getting ready to enter March Madness mode. I've watched almost every Bulls game this year, and at this point I kind of think – I can just focus on college hoops for my own coverage and my own basketball watching time. Because uh, who wants to watch this team? There's just no <laughs> excitement around them. So I will do my best to uh, watch as much as I can, even during March Madness, just for our listeners. And like I said, I've watched basically every Bulls game this year. But uh, I there's just no reason to continue to be so invested in the team. That's how I currently feel. Yeah, I mean, just because, again, as we talked about, the ceiling, we know kind of where this ends, either ending in a play-in tournament loss or ending by with an absolute beat down at the hand of the Boston Celtics. So just like, there's just like nothing there to really be that excited about besides the young guys. And like, at this point, like Kobe has been awesome, but like, what is, how much more is Kobe going to like develop the season as he continues to play monster minutes, trying to carry this team to nothing? Um, like, would be would it be nice to get Kobe, I guess, some more play, like playoff action? Um, sure. Why not? Whatever. Give it give him a chance to just get a lot, some playoff reps against like Drew Holiday or something like that. Like, I don't know, man, whatever. Um, and you talk about the, whatever coming up, like the team losing, like there are, there is an opportunity for the team to lose a lot of games. We've talked about this the last few pods. You look at the upcoming schedule here. They play at new Orleans tomorrow night, come home and play Detroit on Tuesday. And then they play the Cavs at home, the bucks at home. Uh, I know that those are all home games, but uh, I mean, the Cavs and bucks are both really good. I know they played the bucks, close and they played the Cavs close the other day too but like whatever the way they're they're going like those are games the Bulls should probably lose they'll probably win like one of them or something but I don't know those are tough and then and then they got a West Coast road trip at Sacramento at Utah at Golden State at Clippers I mean like they could easily lose all four of those games I know the Jazz haven't been playing great lately but like still games in Utah are really tough um so that's and then they come home and they play Dallas who's playing great now they go to Indiana tough game they come back home and they play the clippers and then they have a few easier games like against the wizards and blazers but still like this upcoming stretch of games could kind of just like they lose could lose a bunch and they'll again they're really not going anywhere they're, like, maybe they fall to 10 i think to them staying at least in number nine is probably very important because then they still get that home play-in game and you get that revenue <laughs> from the home play-in game so like yeah. at this point staying at number nine is probably pretty important to them I assume that they're going to again, even with these upcoming games, if their Hawks freaking stink, the Bulls have beaten the Hawks twice. The Hawks have lost like three in a row, I think. And they, again, they just lost to the Raptors last night and they're not any good either. So like, I don't even know if the Bulls can drop to 10 if they even tried. So it's like, whatever, they're going to meander along for the rest of the year. Might lose a bunch of games coming up. Who knows? But like, they're going to end up in like mid to high thirties. Maybe they get to 40 somehow. If they somehow win some games that they shouldn't, but like, we all know where it leads, and it's how what we've said for a bunch. We've 
mentioned a bunch of times on this pod already. So it's like, whatever, man. We'll still follow. We'll still do this podcast, of course. Maybe there'll be some interesting stuff that comes up. Uh, well, obviously, we want to root for these young guys. Uh, don't want to root against them or anything like that. But it is just kind of a tough situation to be in when you know just like the ceiling is, is capped and there's these key injuries. Um, and it's just kind of is what it is at this point. And, and the front office is terrible. And the ownership is terrible. Uh, we don't have to get into a Jerry Reinsdorf like ramble or rant at this point anymore. But there's all the stuff with the White Sox, too, that and looking for the new money for stadium money and all that. It's just like sell the teams, man. The bottom line, go sell the sell the Bulls and sell the White Sox, please. And release us from this free us from this pain. But we know that's not happening. So here we are. Uh, we're going to dig deep and get through the rest of the season. Yeah, at least we have March Madness coming up. Um, I'm watching Illinois struggle with Iowa right now because Illinois can't stop a freaking cold anymore. They're brutal defensively, but hopefully there'll be some fun college games to watch. And March Madness is always fun to watch. So that's where we're at as we come out of the all-star break and move into this rest of the season, the last like quarter of the season. So uh, I think we should wrap it up then. Ricky, you got anything else? We good? All right, that's that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, tons of great pods all across Blue Wire. So please go check out some of those as well. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. Run Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those good places. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Please go check out his work at SBNation.com. As he mentioned, he has a new mock draft up on SBNation.com. And also please check out ClutchPoints.com as well. So this has been Cash Considerations, HGI Bulls Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.